Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. WinBet Sportsbook again? Yeah, man. Want to get in on these bets with me? Okay, fine. Just sign up. Yes. See? WinBet. Told you. Sign up at winbet.com today using promo code BLUEWIRE to get up to $1,000 toward a risk-free sports bet. That's W-Y-N-N-BET and promo code BLUEWIRE. Offer subject to change, terms, and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play-through winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Talking Niners podcast. Part of the Blue Wire Hustle Network. I am your host, Kobe Ransom. And not with me today. Sam is not here. He uh, is taking this week off. He's doing his graduation stuff. The man, uh, well, he's now a man. He turned 18 recently, and he's now graduating. So he's going to be a, a full-time adult soon. But uh, in his place, joining me uh, the third time he's been on this on this here podcast, the great, the magnificent, the intelligent Jordan Elliott. Welcome back to the show, man. Thank you for... Uh, filling in yeah dude thanks for having me on uh stoked to be here all right so we'll jump right into it um i'll be honest i didn't watch either of the pressers but i saw some of the quotes and i think the biggest thing to take away is that the 49ers will not be having any more uh mini camp ota practices until training camp which is july either 27th or 31st i don't know, I don't know which day this is the day they start but sometime in the july so we would not be seeing the 49ers on the field for quite a while, over a month, uh, well over a month. So, and that happened because of what happened on Monday. We got the reports that Justin School tore his ACL and Tavarius Moore tore his Achilles. So, you know, 49ers Twitter was kind of in a frenzy. You know, we're all, they're all panicking because of what happened last year in 2020, where we had almost everyone you can imagine go down with injury for a significant amount of time. Um, so, Jordan, when you see these, when you see these injuries happen. Um, on Monday, it's does there any kind of worry in your mind that the Niners are doing something wrong in their practices, or is it just you know it's just it's just football and it's, and it's just unfortunate? What do you what do you think about uh, the injuries the Niners suffered on Monday? I don't think that's anything to do with like our practice habits because they're like most of the issues are like soft tissue stuff, and it's uh like it seems like if it would be anything, it would be something like over time maybe like they're doing something that would contribute to you know more tax like it's taxing the muscles and the tendons and stuff more but it's like i don't think it's just the 49ers i think we're just so um used to it being you know a niners thing because you know we follow the team but if you go across all sports not just the nfl as sports sciences evolve and athletes are training year round and they're doing all these things uh i just think that the human body is you know, not really built to do a lot of these explosive movements that these pro athletes are doing. So I think we're reaching a point where it's just kind of like, it's a coincidence. I don't say it's a coincidence because there's correlation, but I don't think it's like just the 49ers on their own. I know they've lost a lot of games to injuries and it's happened for five, six years. Yeah, there's definitely a pattern that uh, is concerning, but it's not like it's just the 49ers and it's just the sport of football. It's happening in the NBA. It's even happening in the MLB. And I just think that it's, again, Guys are working out harder than they ever have. They're doing, you know, their training regimens are as intense as they've ever been. And I just think no matter how good of an athlete you are at a certain point, like the human body can, can only take so much. And some of these guys are superhumans where they can, ju- it just doesn't affect them and they don't get hurt and they, they can do all this stuff. 
but the majority of them, no matter how good of athletes they are, they're still, you know, mortal human beings and they're going to have, um, you know, flaws in their muscles and tendons after a certain point, if you're pushing them that hard. So I think it's honestly just that more so than like, so it's just, it's not like a Niners problem. It's just kind of like an evolution of sports science problem where guys are pushing themselves harder than they ever have. Yeah, we see we hear some people say that maybe it's just the way that Shanahan does things. Is it Shanahan's fault? We know he's a guy who likes harder practices, likes guys to really you know be going one hundred percent in practice to get better. Um, I wouldn't say it's a Shanahan issue, a Shanahan problem. I think it's like you said, it's just it's just sports. It's just these are athletes who are you know like you said have these insane workout regimens, and it just it just happens. Sometimes you know he just get unfortunate, get unlucky, and that's what I think this is for the Niners and. You know, and now we move on to what this means for the position group. Now we know the two players more, maybe a bit more important than school. You know, school was going to be competing. Uh, we know Sean Coleman is going to be back this year. Um, Jalen Moore could potentially um, compete for a swing tackle, backup tackle um, in camp. So we know that uh, Justin School, you know, out for the season. Sean Coleman will probably be. We know we haven't seen him. You know, he he had the season end the injury in 2019 and then he opted out for 2020 we'll see where he's at in camp um when training camp starts out we're not going to see him anytime soon we see how that works out uh Jalen Moore I think I mean Shanahan said in the you know post draft pressers that they'll kind of play him wherever he kind of seems feels like he's fitting best uh we'll see how that works out with him but you know school is probably on the fringe probably may not make it made the roster we'll see and then for Tavares Moore we know the Niners their safety room is pretty deep right now when they brought in uh, Tavon Wilson for agency. They brought in recently on Monday, uh, Tony Jefferson. Not to miss, and they drafted you know Talanoa Hufunga, and then you're getting Tartan Ward back, along with Marcel Harris still there too. It was going to be a pretty interesting competition to see who would come out as the backups. We know Tart and Ward should be the starters. Overall, it just makes the you know it's one more spot for someone else. You know that's really what it comes down to. Um, more we know we're going to IR, so we'll see if. If it's Tavon Wilson, if it's Kalanoa Hufango, or if it's Tony Jefferson who gets that backup safety spot, or maybe D'Amico Ryans has a, a plan for one of those guys where maybe you have three safeties on the field. You have a guy in the box and you have the two deep. We'll see how that works out, but it'll be interesting to see how the uh, camp battles work out now with two guys who are going to be competing uh, now out of the out of play. Yeah, and it's you know the depth is the only reason that it does it's it sucks that they both got hurt. It's definitely yeah. not you know it's not just like oh it's just not going to change anything. It hurts, and it's guys that are familiar with the system, that are comfortable, that have been on the team, that are familiar with the other play. You know, like it's easy to just say like, like you know there's enough depth on the team that it shouldn't worry, which is a good thing. They've built a strong roster, and it's easy to look at it like in a optimistic silver lining kind of point of view and say as much as it sucks they're both gone there are a lot of other players who might be able to step up and take over uh but it does you know hurt because school and more both you know last season was kind of just a lost season but if we go back to 2019 the last year the Niners really had a healthy cast and a healthy you know for the most part group of players and made that Super Bowl run uh more had some great plays along the regular season and he obviously had the big uh pass breakup and interception in the Super Bowl uh school filled in great when McGlinchey and Staley were out, him and Brunskill both held the night, kept the Niners afloat while they were out both their starting tackles, which is just insane to think about in hindsight how well they did play uh, during that stretch. So it does hurt because you have two guys that were, while they were projected to be depth pieces probably, they were proven depth players. 
And you also just, you know, some of these injuries can be, especially with the Achilles, they can they can change a guy's career. It definitely is an unfortunate circumstance, and there's no two ways, you know, about it. But looking at it from just an entire team standpoint, I think the Niners are going to be in a better spot than most teams to absorb the losses of those depth pieces just because they have such a strong group of depth players uh, at both those positions. And they have they are very deep in the secondary and they're very deep on the line. So that would make me feel a little bit um, less worried that those guys are out. Uh, again, like I said, it's it's a horrible thing that happened. And it ha- Kyle said it happened uh, within three plays of each other. Like one of them got hurt, they had a play, and then on the play after that, the other got hurt. Uh, you never, you just never want to see it. But I do think that, like, again, the 49ers are in a spot where uh, they definitely are going to have a lot of guys that could make an NFL roster that probably won't make their team just because they've done a good, such a good job assembling that 90-man roster, that it makes me feel better that whoever's going to have to step into those roles will likely be put in a great position to succeed and have the ability to execute. Yeah, this is the 2017 roster. is a lot better, a lot deeper than it was when Kyle Shanahan first started. And obviously the hope is that those guys, if they were healthy, still wouldn't have had to play. You know, you hope that your guys that you rely on to be your starters or can be healthy for the majority of the season. So we'll just kind of see how the depth how the depth plays out with the guys who are who are healthy and how that comes uh you know finishing out in, in uh in camp moving on to the receivers though we know julio jones um went to the titans and that was a guy that a lot of niner fans were hoping the niners were able to pull off i never believed it would happen simply because the falcons likely didn't want to deal him to another nfc team and that's what happened they took him out to the afc out to tennessee and also i think the they gave up a what a second round pick and I want to say a fourth, and that's something the Niners probably, in, as of right now, with them giving up what they give up to get Trey Lance, I don't think it would have been comfortable with them doing that, and they're not really having any picks to work with in the next draft. Which, of course, you get the proven talent in Julio Jones, but at 32, and he wants to be paid. Um, not sure what he's looking for, but probably another two or three year deal. Um, we'll see him, but now people are questioning the depth in the receiver room. And Jordan, I'm kind of interested to see how you kind of feel about this. I know you were you had a lot of shows where you were talking about the possibility of getting Julio Jones in the building. Do you have any concerns for what the Niners have at receiver? I mean, I know as far as if they're healthy, you know, they'll be okay. But it's, if there's any injuries to Debo or Ayuk, the depth, there's no improvement behind them. Do you have any concerns about that? No, not really. And there's a couple reasons why. Uh, the main reason is that they have a all pro, all world um, talent at tight end who's going to probably still, no matter how good Ayuk and Debo are, is still going to be at the top of the pecking order for targets. So you're going to have Kittle who's already competing for these targets and who's going to be eating up the lion's share of them. And then you're going to have Ayuk and Debo and some, and some subsequent order eating up those. So the three of those guys alone are going to eat up such a large share of the targets that it really doesn't concern me who the third guy is. Uh, over the last few years, it's been Trent Taylor, it's been Kendrick Bourne more recently. Uh, if they just have a guy that can come in and get open, uh, separate against man coverage, uh, win in short yardage situations, help be another you know body on third down uh, when defenses are scheming to you know bracket Kittle or find a way to t- take Ayuk out of a play. So I don't think it's like a huge deal. Um, Kyle traditionally has run a lot more 21 and 22 personnel looks rather than 11 or anything with, you know, three, four wide receiver sets, um, especially compared to the rest of the league. 
Um, so it really doesn't concern me too much that there isn't some superstar receiver coming. Like it would have been really nice to have Julio Jones. Don't get me wrong, I would have loved to have him, but it just didn't make sense, especially because they don't have draft capital to really sacrifice. Um, after making that Trey Lance trade, that's kind of what, like, as much as I'm thrilled to have Trey Lance in the building, that is one of the costs of doing business, I guess, for lack of a better terminology. That it is great as it is to have the prospect of a young franchise QB that really does eliminate your ability to get in. Because I would be really interested to know if they had that full range of picks, if Kyle would have been willing to part with a two and a three. Because I have to believe, even trading within the NFC, Atlanta would have probably taken a two and a three rather than a two and a four while sending back a six. Uh, so I think it'll, I think they'll be okay. Honestly, like I know people were pretty underwhelmed at Mohamed Sanu when he came last year, but uh, he still was, in my opinion, wasn't anywhere close to 100%. And the longer last season went on, when he was in Detroit and his ankle started to get better, he looked like a very competent uh, depth piece at receiver. Like, yeah, he's obviously not going to be a wide receiver one at this stage in his career, but he's a veteran who knows Kyle. He's uh, familiar with the system, and he can come in and be a dependable target for Jimmy or Trey, whoever ends up starting. So I like him to be the kind of front runner for that third wide receiver spot. And then, uh, you know, Richie James, I think, is a guy who has all the playmaking ability in the world. Uh, and if he can get whatever, you know, is preventing him from getting more targets figured out, I don't know what it is. So I'm just, you know, speculating based purely on the fact that he hasn't been thrust into a more prominent role. But we've seen when he gets the ball in his hand, he's electric, he's very fast. Um, he's had a couple big plays. He had that big game against Green Bay. So he's probably up there too. Uh, and then, you know, the J- guys like Jalen Hurd, like we don't really know what to expect from them. So if they play well, it's kind of just like how it's money. He might be able ready to go. And uh, I-, I know on him, a lot of people are down because they think that he just is like injury prone or whatever you know, terminology you want to throw around. The back injury was kind of a freak thing. You know, he got speared in the back by a helmet in a preseason game. It was a really weird, like, back fracture. And then last year, as far as I know, the back, it wasn't an issue. Then he tears his ACL. It's just kind of like a freak occurrence. So it's not like it was like a connected injury. So I'm not too worried about him. But yeah, if you go through the depth and you have guys like Jaywon Jennings and you have Kraft and you have Trent Sherfield, who they signed, um, Kevin White's still there. Like, they have enough guys that I'm not worried about the – between that whole, all these guys I just named, they're going to be able to eat up the amount of targets that they lost with a Kendrick Bourne, or they're going to lose if, you know, a Devo or IU has to miss a game or two. So I'm not concerned about it in the slightest, dude. And it's really another, like, if they didn't have a Devo or they didn't have an IU and it was just one of those guys, then I'd be a little like, okay, maybe it would have been prudent to make that move for Julio Jones. But they're already pretty set at their starting wide receiver spots. It's really just a matter of finding guys who can complement that and help, you know, kind of supplement the production you're already going to get from those two uh, and George Kittle. Yeah, that's that's my viewpoint on it. It's like George Kittle is your wide receiver one. So that kind of makes it to why you don't really need to have as good of a wide receiver three. Not to mention the other way the Niners play. You know, I wrote about it for uh, for 49ers goal line. You know, they like you said, they don't run a lot of three receiver, four receiver sets, where the most, you know, most of the league is doing that. The Niners are not. They're trying to stay in, in more 21, 22 personnel, keep defenses in their base packages and, and, you know, so they can run the ball and really be able to mix things up on offense and not be predictable. Not to mention, the Niners have a bit of everything, you know, in competition. They got a couple of vets, a couple of, of you know, not really, like, not really veterans, but kind of guys who've been in the league for a little bit but haven't really shown much and have some potential still. But then you have some some young guys who can compete for it too. They got a good mixture of everything. I think one of those guys should be good enough to win that job and be able to do what Kendrick Bourne did. Because Kendrick Bourne, you know, it's not like you're trying to replace, you know, Debo Samuel or or 
Brandon Ayuk. You're just trying to replace Kendrick Bourne, who is just a guy you can rely on to get a catch on the occasional third down or be at least somewhat of a reliable target in the red zone, especially when the attention on them is not going to be as much as it will be on guys like Kittle, Samuel, and Ayuk. They'll have the easier matchups. It's just somebody who can, you know, when a number is called, who can be relied upon to, to make a catch here and there. That's all the Niners really need. And not to mention, I mean, they want to run the ball anyway. I mean, they, they don't want to have to really throw much. And, you know, I'm sure and when the Niners are having their best games, it's normally when they're running the ball really well. They can kind of just run play action um, and not to worry about doing drop back passing or going three, you know, three wide. They have to worry about, you know, long third downs. They don't like doing that. You know, they want to stay away from that as much as possible. So, like, really, they don't want to have a third receiver out there. They want to be able to stay in 21-22 all game, and if they can, they will. We've seen them do that numerous times, especially in 2019 when they really had things rolling. So the whole receiver thing, I think, I think it's more of a of a want for most people than really seeing it as a, as a need. I think the Niners have someone on the roster who can do at least one of these guys can uh, can rise up and do what Kendrick Bourne did. Not to mention Kendrick Bourne was an undrafted guy. It's not like he was a guy who was drafted high. And some of the guys the Niners did draft, you know, in the draft didn't plan out wide receiver three, and, and Kendrick Bourne did. Not to negate anything Kendrick Bourne did, but you know, at, at receiver you can kind of find the talent to do the little things, especially when you have guys like Kittle and now you can Debo on the roster already. Your job is a lot easier. So overall, is receiver an issue to me? No, I'm kind of with you on that. I'm not concerned uh, at receiver. It's just if they end up with injuries, that's the thing. But really, for for any team, if you get if you're if your number one, number two receiver gets injured, you're kind of in a rough spot. Because wide receiver three obviously isn't meant to dominate on the outside. Occasionally you'll have them uh, play well here and there, but you know they're not they're not they're not your starters for a reason. So anyone who gets their starting receivers hurt is going to be in a, in a bit of a tough spot. So it's just going to be on trying to keep these uh, keep these guys healthy and hope that they can stay healthy. But yeah, I'm not really concerned one bit about the receiver room. I think it'll work itself out. I think for some people are just a a bit needy. They just want everyone. And you can't have everyone. Like no team's gonna have all pros at every position. It's just not how it works. You just have guys that comp- complement each other. And I think the Niners have someone on the roster who can probably do that. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think ultimately, when you have guys like Mike McDaniel and Kyle Shanahan, and the offensive staff that they've assembled and the creative minds they have in that building, uh, we saw last year when they did have guys that were depth pieces. We when they had a Nick Mullins and or CJ Beathard and a, a River Kraft and uh, Richie Jane. Yeah, they weren't winning 13 games and going to win a Super Bowl, they were competent NFL, you know, offense for decent stretches there. Like, they had a strong foundation, even with uh, guys that may not be on the top of the depth chart if everybody's healthy, but they're competent enough to execute what Kyle and the offensive staff is cooking up, and what they're cooking up is always going to be something that uh, is going to make other opposing defenses have to respect, no matter even if it is a second or third string QB or second string wide receiver, whatever it may be. As long as Kyle's the guy with the headset calling plays, uh, it's always going to put that offense in a good position to succeed, in my opinion. And uh, obviously, we didn't have a whole bunch to touch on today. Um, but one last thing before we kind of start to wrap up here. Really short one for uh, for you guys, but, you know, it's just kind of how it is right now. Um, Kyle Shanahan said they they were able to get through the installation with Trey Lance in, in minicamp. So it seems like he's on a good path. Um, they got through what they wanted to get through with him. So... I mean, we'll see how it goes. He also said that Jimmy's having the best camp he's ever had, um, which could be coach speak, could be the truth. You know, we don't really know. Some people have said that Jimmy Garoppolo has looked sharp in minicamp so far. So I'll let you go first, Jordan. Um, 
just what are your thoughts? I mean, obviously we're going to talk about this for probably months on end, uh, weeks on end, but just how do you, how do you feel about the quarterback quarterback battle as it is right now? Well, ultimately this is my whole stance on it. Um, I think the 49ers are in a position where they have everything to gain and not much to lose by allowing Jimmy to start first. Uh, I think that it's the opposite. If they start Trey, they have everything to lose. So like, let's go down this hypothetical scenario. But let's say they start Jimmy. Um, he go he goes 500. He wins a couple games, loses a couple. Uh, you know, he just looks kind of like average, and he's not really putting offense over the top. And Kyle's like, okay, you know what? Like, I, I want to add a dynamic running threat to this offense from the quarterback position. Jimmy, you haven't been awful, but I'm going to insert Trey Lance now. I don't need to jump start this offense. Um, it gives him an avenue to kind of justify that. Or, you know, God forbid Jimmy comes in and he's, he plays just not very well, then it's pretty easy to pivot. Like, all right, we're going to hand the keys to the rookie and see what he can do. And then there's this scenario where Jimmy plays really well and you just kind of have Trey Lance off to the side. It's like, hey, we're winning games. Jimmy's playing great. Uh, the locker room's behind him. We don't really need to make that change yet. But on the flip side, if you were to start Trey Lance week one and he struggled, which is totally understandable and would be predictable, to be honest, just because rookie quarterbacks generally – like not everybody's going to have a Justin Herbert rookie season where they come in and they just look like a top 10, top 8 QB right off the bat. So you have this scenario where Trey Lance might struggle a little bit. And then if you have to go from Trey Lance back to Jimmy G, it's going to make it very difficult to then at some point – it's all. It's a. It's going to look really bad that the franchise QB you traded all these picks for and you were lauding all off season and you were just so pumped to get um, couldn't maintain the starting job for an, you know even a chunk of the season. They just had to get pulled early, and then it just it leaves you in a really weird spot where if Trey Lance were to play bad and were to be replaced by Jimmy and Jimmy played well, it's kind of like last year with the um, Dolphins with Tua and Ryan Fitzpatrick. And it puts him in a really weird spot because while you want to develop Tua for the future, it was clear Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I'm a fan of Tua's, but Ryan Fitzpatrick was clearly the better option for them to win games. And they were a good team that should have been in the playoffs. Like they had a very solid roster. And it's to me, it just it makes it so hard to sell. I and mean, you look at the 49ers team, yeah, they have a lot of young talent, but they're also stacked um, with veteran guys. And a lot of those guys want to win as much as they're going to be supportive and try to help Trey Lance. Their goal going into the season isn't to develop a quarterback that's going to be to, to you know, have him set up for success when they're on another team or out of the league in a few years. They want to win now while they're still here. They have a lot of guys that might not be in the league four to five years from now. That's not a talent thing. It's literally an age thing. Like, they're getting up there. Yeah. And I just think it'd be, it's such a hard sell. Unless Trey Lance is just so much, like, you know, demonstrably better than Jimmy. And it's just like the whole team's like, man, this guy's got a cannon for an arm. He can run. Like, as much as we really like Jimmy, this guy just physically is doing things that he can. There's, you know, it's not a dig on Jimmy. That's just a literally, like, a, you know, Trey Lance is so good that we have no other option. I just think it's in their best interest to start Jimmy week one. And I say that as somebody who's had my doubts about Jimmy, and I think that he kind of is just an average quarterback that's boosted up by uh, the, the surrounding environment, and I think he benefits a lot from that. But I also think that there is the argument to be made that, again, like, you know how it is. There's not just on Twitter, but just in the NFL world, there's a lot of people like, well, Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy. The 49ers win games. So if they come out and they start two and three or two and four or something like that, with Trey Lance, that crowd's going to be pretty vocal that, you know, well, hey, if Jimmy G's in there, they're winning football games. He's healthy. Why is he riding the bench? So to me, it's, it's you basically make it his job to lose, if that makes sense. I, I've been toying with this a lot. I don't know if that makes any sense to you. You can let me know what you think. But I think that that kind of thinking is why it would make it 
easier because ultimately Kyle Shanahan is going to do whatever he thinks is in the best interest of his football team. But if it's so close that you really like, there's not one guy that's like so clear ahead of the other. I think it's much better to start the veteran first and have it be his job to lose rather than making it Trey Lance's job to win. If that makes sense. Yeah. And that's really where I'm at with it is, is Jimmy's job to lose. And as far as like, just how they're going to look in camp, we, we, I mean, Trey Lance as, as an athlete, is going to look better than Jimmy Garoppolo because they're just not on the same level as an athlete. So, I mean, obviously, Trey Lance is going to beat Jimmy in that standpoint. He's going to look better. He's going to have more amazing plays in camp, you know, throughout the throughout the process. And he may have some wild plays in the preseason as well where it's like, oh, that's, I guess, something that Jimmy just can't do. So it's not going to be really about that. You know, it's about, like you said, the locker room and just about just what it would do for the team as a whole not just for them as football players, but just from a mental thing. Like he's like Jimmy is is the winner. Jimmy's the guy who, when he started the full season, took you to the Super Bowl. And if if you start Trey Lance first over Jimmy, knowing what Jimmy has done for your franchise, it's basically saying that we believe this guy can can is better than Jimmy right now. Like he can win those games that Jimmy can't right now. And that puts a lot of pressure on Trey Lance. Whereas if he comes in, like you said, if Jimmy's struggling and they start off with like, you know, like two and three or one and four or something like that it's a softer landing because like okay we kind of need a little boost you know we need a little pick me up here trey lance we're struggling i'm gonna put you in there see if we can get a little jump and see if we can get something going and it's just it's a much softer landing i think just for longevity like trey lance is the future he's not necessarily the present as of right now for me um it's really going to come out that you know if and like you said the only way he really you can really justify starting him is if he looks that much better than jimmy garoppolo which would be hard to tell because in preseason he's going to play against what the second stringers most of the time, and then also it is in training camp. It's, it's training camp. The practices are they're a little weird. The players know each other very well. You know, it, it's just what you get is nowhere going to be how it ends up on the field come game day. And we know Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't look the best at practice, but he's nowhere near as bad in the games as he looks at you know at practice. Some guys just really aren't practice players because just because of that, you know, they, they know your tendencies. They know what, what you like to do and everything. And just kind of you're familiar with each other. So it's just it's a lot harder to get things done. So just overall, I think it does make sense for Jimmy to start first. And I'm expecting Jimmy to get to get the week one start. But I mean, obviously, it's going to come down to we know Trey Lance will eventually get his turn. Uh, we've heard Kyle Shanahan say it's like it's about it's going to be when Trey's ready, not necessarily, you know, just trying to get him out there or trying to sit him for a long for a longest period of time it's just going to be when he's ready but regardless of probably when he's ready i think jimmy probably gets the week one start and just they just, they just try to do what they can with jimmy out there um because the team is still good around them you know the, the the argument is like okay jimmy only wins with a good team because the team right now is still pretty good it's, it's a playoff roster so if he's playing uh, the Niners will probably win games. We'll see when Trey Lance gets in there. But overall, I, I just think Jimmy, it's his job to lose. Like, it's his job to lose. So he's he's going to get the first crack at it. And unless he just looks putrid out there, he's probably going to be starting week one. Yeah, and that's the thing. is that, And, you know, it's it, there are so many things that Trey Lance can do that 98% of NFL quarterbacks can't do, 99%. Like, he just physically is in that elite tier that only a few got them. You know, I'm not comparing with these guys. I'm just saying physically, these guys like Mahomes and, you know, um, like he can run. Not, nobody can run like Lamar, but nobody on the, the, you know, he has that same kind of ability where he can hit just home run plays as a designed runner. Like a 
the strongest yeah. arm, super athlete, super strong. He's just, he's like the best. Yeah, he's, he's physically, and again, I don't want to compare him to those guys. It's just unfair when he hasn't even taken the snap yet. It's, it's, it just would be wrong. To, it's disrespectful, in my opinion, to insinuate that he's just going to be a Mahomes Lamar hybrid. Yeah. <laughs> he, he does a lot of things that those guys can do. And I just think that it's, you know, and that's just not Jimmy's game. Jimmy's not some, you know, 6'4", 230 guy that's running a 4'5". And it's, it's, they're just totally, two totally different players. So physically, I could see Trey Lance, like, just blowing him out of the water and from that standpoint. But maybe Jimmy commands the huddle a little bit better. Maybe he's just more decisive. Maybe there's certain, like, there's so many things that factor into it outside of just pure physical ability. Um, and I think that that's really important to consider. And again, like there's a lot of these guys, they've been riding Jimmy, like some of these guys on the Niners, Jimmy's the only starting quarterback or, you know, franchise caliber quarterback, however you want to word it, that they've ever known. And they're going to ride for him and they're going to have his back until the wheels fall off. So it's totally understandable to see that these guys, as much as they want Trey to be a success, they're also going to, you know, they're not just trying to shove Jimmy out the door. Like they're, they're, they're going to be guys that want him in the position to succeed too. So I think that that does weigh in as much as Kyle ultimately is going to make the decision for what he thinks is the best move for the team. I do think that that does factor in because if you're making decisions that are unpopular with the team, it's just, it, it goes against a lot of the culture. It seems like they've built there. Uh, and if it's really clear that the locker room is pushing for one guy or the other, I have to think that that's going to factor into the, well, it may not make the decision. It has to at least heavily weigh into what Kyle Shanahan and ultimately yeah, this gonna be a couple of, of of football things that we don't that we we can't see, we can't tell that Jimmy might do that Trey can't do yet, just because Jimmy's been in the league for what eight years at this point, seven eight years, and and Trey Lance is a rookie, so we'll see. Like you said, command of the offense, command of the huddle. Uh, if Jimmy just looks sharper throughout the entire process, and he probably will, will, you know, would get to go. Um, like I said, it will take Jimmy to look to look putrid uh, for him probably to lose it. At least that's how I think it plays out. But um, yeah, short one from us today. Thank you, Jordan, for uh, filling in for Sam while he is doing his graduation things. Uh, congrats to him. You know, high, high school is uh, – remember when I graduated high school, it was uh, – it's a feeling, man. That's a feeling for it. It's like, wow, 12 years of school is done. This, this is wild. Also, uh, also, side note for Jimmy, um, I kind of need him to win because I'm not trying to buy an iPhone. You know, that, that's that's the thing because I put my, my Android on it and I need – Jimmy to come through, so I don't have to buy the uh, the iPhone. I know you guys are pulling for Trey to start, so I can get an iPhone, and you don't have to worry about the green messages and can't do FaceTime, no iMessage games, all that stuff. But I need Jimmy to come through so I can stay with the Android gang, if you know what I mean. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Jordan, thank you for uh, for coming on. Um, before uh, all the listeners head out. Um, before you guys go, make sure you follow the podcast at Talking Niners Pod on Twitter. You can follow me. You can see our ads on the screen. If you're listening, you find it in the description. It's at BayCobe49GM. You can follow Jordan at Splash Cousin, uh, even though I'm sure he's not that great of a basketball player. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I can't wait. I can't wait to play against you. You don't want it. <laughs> um. But yeah, Jordan, before you go, if you want to plug anything, uh, you can go ahead and do that uh, right here. Yes, you know, follow follow 49ers Goldline. Follow me on Twitter if you, you know if you want sarcastic football takes and occasional analysis. Uh, I might be your guy. Who knows? <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for us. Thank you for listening. Uh, I will see you guys next week. As always, go Niners. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. WinBet Sportsbook again? Yeah, man. Want to get in on these bets with me? Okay, fine. Just sign up. Yes. See? WinBet. 
Told you. Sign up at winbet.com today using promo code BLUEWIRE to get up to $1,000 toward a risk-free sports bet. That's W-Y-N-N-BET and promo code BLUEWIRE. Offer subject to change, terms, and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play-through winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700.